Wow, the human body. Isn't it amazing? On the inside, if you study the human body, you're going to say, wow, it's the, the most uh, mind-blowingly intricate, high-performing machine, what the human body can do from the inside. And what about the outside? Have you ever seen a magnificent human body in peak physical condition? And one of the places that if you want to see great bodies, depending on what your definition of a great body is, is a bodybuilding competition or a bikini competition or some kind of competition where there's people standing on stage in their swimwear showing off their body. And it's interesting, uh, as an exercise professional, that might be a driving force for you. It might be the reason why you are an exercise professional. Uh, you might have clients who come to you and say, please, can you help me? I want to look good in a bikini on stage or I want to look good in my swimwear with really big muscles. Uh, and you might be the person who wants to compete. It might be coming up to your 30th or 40th or 50th birthday and it's something that you've never done before. So it's like a, people say it's like one of these things I want to do one time in my life. Uh, it might be that uh, you are a young person who just wants the opportunity to share with the world all of your hard work. I've got this beautiful body and I want to share it with the world. And what do you do as an exercise professional if somebody comes to you and says, please, can you get me ready to compete? I want to have the perfect body. Now, before we go any further on, on perfect bodies, what is that? And would it be a really good idea to find out uh, from your client in your own headspace, if it's something that you want to do, what do you consider to be the perfect body? Because that has changed. Uh, having been an exercise professional for 40 plus years, there's been some interesting fads and fashions. Uh, there, there has been uh, two or three times in my career path where voluptuous women with uh, uh, tummies and hips and thighs and big boobies has been very fashionable and there's been other times where that's been unacceptable. Uh, you need to have thin thighs and you need to have a really tight bum that's really small and you need to have flat abdominals. Uh, and it's been an interesting, if you competed in either of those times in a body competition or a bikini competition, uh, it would be subjective to the, the fashion, to the times and to the current judges. Men's bodybuilding's been the same. Uh, some people find those enormous big bodies to be fascinating and interesting and gorgeous. Other people find them incredibly unattractive. And even in the bodybuilding culture, there's been times where it's just been all about big muscles. And other times it's about symmetry and uh, a really thin waist and how all the muscles work together to look good. Uh, so how do you know if you want to, if you want to compete in a, in a competition, a body competition, and or your client wants to compete, how do you know that they can do it? And would it be a really good idea to find out, okay, if we're going to compete, let's pick a date uh, and let's make sure that whatever the body current body shape is that's winning competitions, do we have the ability to win that competition? And of course, the interesting thing with bodies is there's some things that we can't change. Can we lose body fat? Yes. Can we put on muscle size for men? Yes. Women, complicated unless you want to take human growth hormone or testosterone. Uh, what can you actually change? Now, if you're really tall and you've got really thin uh, hips and really thin shoulders and really long arms, it's a little bit more complicated to put muscle size on for a bloke, for example. Uh, if you've got shorter arms and and, and a broader body, it seems a little bit more uh, or, or easier if you have the body type to put muscle size on. And uh, what do you do? How do you tell your client that perhaps 
uh, yes, I'd love you to do this and I'd love you to, uh, if this is something that you're really excited about, let's do it. Uh, but let's have a look at what's winning competitions at the moment and let's have a look at what you've got to offer. Now, there's the challenge there, of course, because uh, I hate the word realistic. But there, realistically, there are some things when it comes to body competitions that uh, may never be conducive to competition. And do you tell your client that or do you hold back? So that's just something to consider. Uh, and I'm going to go a step further and ask, uh, could you please share all the risks and all the challenges as well as the positive outcome and results for a person competing in a, in a competition to show off their body? Now, the interesting thing, uh, I have done this one time, uh, and I often share, it was the same year that somebody told me that I was too big to run a marathon, but I was too small to compete in bodybuilding. And I like a challenge. So in the same year, I decided that I would run my first marathon and I would do my first body body competition, wearing a bikini on stage, having people judge my body. Uh, and it was interesting because when people say to me, it's not possible, you can't do it, a, I want to know that it is possible, and I also want to be able to prove that to my clients, and I don't want my clients to think that it's not possible, because I'll go back another step. Even if a person doesn't have the kind of body that's perfect for a competition, could it be the competition experience that they might want to have, uh, not just, just uh, they might not want to win, they just want to have the experience? And are there other things that you could do for your client uh, to avoid the, the challenge of having people judge their body. And think about this. You're standing on stage. Uh, there's 5, 10, 15 judges. Uh, they're looking at your body really closely and they're looking at everything, body fat percentage, muscle size, symmetry. Uh, are your biceps too big compared to your triceps? Are your th thighs too small compared to your waistline? There's a whole heap of reasons that you get judged. And then, of course, there's whether or not you can pose effectively. Uh, do you have a nice bikini or nice swimwear? Do you have a great routine? There's a whole heap of things that have got to come together to make somebody ready for a, a stage competition. Uh, so is it possible that perhaps we could get somebody ready to look great in a bikini but not have them compete and have people judge their body? So maybe we get some photos taken in their swimwear and they look absolutely amazing. And the beautiful thing about photography, of course, is that you can have lighting, different angles, makeup, a beautiful set. And if somebody really wants to have photos of their beautiful body, uh, that you might not have to put them through the competition experience. And that might be something to offer your client. It might be something to consider for yourself. And the reason I'm going to ask that question is it's always about the why, yeah? This is what you want to do, but why? You've told me that you want to compete in a bodybuilding competition, but why? You've told me you want to look good in a bikini. Please share with me why. And as an exercise professional, could it be our responsibility to find out the why? And I want to share this with you very personally. Because is there a risk that we could screw up somebody's headspace permanently about food and exercise if we get this wrong? And I'm answering my own question because the answer is yes. Uh, I have met now literally thousands of people who either wanted to get ready for a competition or they wanted to, to compete and they started the process or they did compete or they've competed multiple times and now they have a headspace and a relationship with food that has put them at 10 in the emotional eating scale, which means food is controlling their life, exercise is controlling their life, their body fat percentage is controlling their life, they weigh themselves consistently three, four, five times a day, they count calories, they weigh their food, 
and their whole life is controlled by calories, food, exercise, and the way they look, uh, even though they competed last year or 10 years ago. They don't have a healthy relationship any longer with food. Uh, they don't have a healthy relationship with exercise. They don't have a healthy relationship with themselves. Their life is, one day they're happy because they've got the right body fat percentage and the next day they're angry and miserable and depressed because they have a, the wrong body fat percentage. They weigh themselves and happy because they're the right weight and then they weigh themselves again and they're miserable because they're the wrong weight. They used to enjoy their food and now every part of food has become a horrible experience because they know how many calories are in everything, they know how many fat grams, they know how many protein and carbohydrate grams and they hate their food or they wish they could eat more food or they have a horrible relationship with food because they've learned so much about how do I get my body into great shape to compete on stage. I'm sharing this with you really personally because for me it was a personal experience and for two years of my life it screwed up my life. Now I'm not going to share this story with you to turn you off competing because in that same year remember I, I did a, a marathon and uh, I did 21 marathons after that. I, I did my first marathon, absolutely loved it and did 21 more. <laughs> Bodybuilding I did one time and promised myself that I would never do that to my body ever again and it took me two years to get over that experience. And I don't want that for anybody. Having worked with people all of my career who have eating challenges where food's controlling their life, they're either anorexic or bulimic or obese or a combination of all of those at some stage, and they hate food, hate themselves, hate everything about food and exercise, but they do it fanatically. I just don't want people to live like that. As I always share, I want our kids to grow up loving food, loving their body, loving exercise, and living their whole entire life with a great relationship with food and exercise and being healthy, fit, and strong mentally and physically. That's my goal as an exercise professional. Now, I know it doesn't have to be your goal, and there's plenty of exercise professionals who their total focus is ripped abdominals, tight butt cheeks, big biceps, gorgeous quads, and competition. And I'm not here to say whether that's right or wrong. I just would like to share the risks, because if... If somebody comes to you and they've got a beautiful, healthy relationship with food and a beautiful, healthy relationship with exercise, would it be nice to keep that? And is it possible to compete on stage in swimwear, having somebody judge your body and keep a healthy relationship with your body? Now, I don't know the answer to that. In my experience, the answer is no. I have never met anybody who's competed on stage or has set themselves up to compete on stage who has maintained a logical, unemotional relationship with food and exercise. Because the sport itself, or the discipline itself of bodybuilding, bikini competitions, stage competitions, says that you have to have a really good understanding of calories, fat grams, carbohydrate, exercise, body fat percentage, symmetry, uh, tanning, clothes, and all of that is going to be judged. And imagine if somebody, and it's not just one, it's going to be 5, 10, 15 judges who say to you, and let's say that you're, you win the competition, which is awesome. So they tell you you've got perfect muscles, you've got the best body fat percentage, you look fantastic in a bikini or, or swimwear, uh, you've got a perfect tan and you're, you're a champion, congratulations. Uh, that's awesome. But is it possible that there'll also be the reverse of that, where there'll be 10 or 5, 10, 15 judges telling you, your, your tan's not dark enough, 
you don't have a, a low enough body fat percentage, your muscles aren't striated enough or they were flat or they were too puffy. There's, there's interesting terminology in bodybuilding. Uh, flat muscles, uh, fluffy muscles, puffy muscles, uh, all sorts of things that you will get criticized for because this is a competition for bodies. Please be reminded of that. It's a competition for your body. So if your driving force is to have the perfect body, let's go back to the first question. What is the perfect body to you? And will that fit into the current competitions? And then perhaps you don't want to fit into the current competitions. Perhaps you want to stand out and be unique and different and not do it the same as everybody else is doing. If you go and watch a bodybuilding or body shaping bikini competition, you'll see that most of the bodies look the same and most of the bikinis are the same and most of the routines are the same and there's a, there's a current fashion trend to what's going on. And you might say, well, I'm going to go in there and blow the whole thing apart. I'm going to have different kind of music and different kind of costume and I'm just going to do it different. And if the judges don't like that, bad luck, uh, because I'm doing this for me, not to to um, to win the competition. Can you see? There's a lot of different headspaces going on here. So what happened to me? Because I was told that I couldn't compete in bodybuilding, and I never really thought I'd never really given it much thought. I had always thought that standing up. In fact, I'll give you the the original my original feelings about bodybuilding, and always have a giggle. Imagine if aliens came down. And the first thing they saw on the planet of Earth was orange people standing on stage flexing their muscles. And I use the word orange because often bodybuilding tans look quite orange. And uh, it's just a fun, it would be a fun thing to see for the first time. Uh, I took one of my clients uh, at the very early stages of my career to a natural bodybuilding competition. It was a mis- I made, this was a mistake I made, but I'm going to share it with you because it was really interesting. Uh, she was anorexic. She uh, was a very, very thin person. She was, she had a, a headspace and a circle of influence of the people in her life, which were also very, very thin, and they were all focusing on how not to eat food. They hated eating food, uh, but she wanted to go, so I took her to this competition, and she made comment when we walked in the door, because we arrived a little bit late. And there were people standing on stage competing. This was a natural competition, by the way. And if you've ever been to a natural bodybuilding competition, they're very small. Natural, it's very difficult to strip all the fat off your body uh, and still be a a, a big, bulky person. The big, bulky people competitions are the ones that have extra injections of different kinds of growth hormone and testosterone to help those bodies grow. Anyway, my client said to me as we walked in the door, she said, oh, these people look anorexic. Now, that's not a judgment. That was just an interesting statement that she made uh, in her observation. She was aiming to to have as little body fat as possible, in fact, no fat at all, and she wanted to be really skinny, and she felt that the people on stage were, the, were in the same uh, body headspace as she was. So... Uh, I was told I couldn't, so I decided that I would. And I thought, as an exercise professional, what a great idea one time in my life to compete in a, in a bikini competition. So I started the process, and up until then, I was zero on the emotional eating scale, which means I had a completely logical relationship with food. I loved all my food. I ate exactly what I wanted to. I didn't know calories. I never counted a calorie in my life. I'd never counted fat grams. I'd never... I knew that you needed to eat a variety of food and bright colors and eat predominantly fruit and vegetables. And, and, you know, I had a a very um, probably boring relationship with food. I just loved my food and I ate whatever I wanted to. But I said to Kayman, okay, I'm going to compete. I'm going to do this. 
so let's get me ready. And uh, K-Man has trained literally the best in the world. He's trained uh, Miss USA uh, two years in a row to win the competition. He's trained many uh, top level uh, champions for bodybuilding and he's competed several times himself as a young person and, and as an older person so i knew that he as and then as an athletic coach sports strength and conditioning coach and as a man who has a master's degree in exercise science i knew that i was in good hands to get me ready for this competition and i was uh, he gave me all the things required we looked at um, cycling calories we looked at cycling cycling fat grams we looked at uh and, and I'd never even considered carbohydrate before, as a, even as a macronutrient. I just love bread, and I love pasta, and I love potatoes, and I love cereal, and I ate a whole stack of carbohydrate because at the time I was a runner and somebody who did 15 classes a week, so my body was constantly eating carbohydrate for energy. But and this was quite a while ago when I did my first competition and my only competition. Kevin gave me a calorie counting book. There was no, um, there was no smartphones. There was no electronic devices for counting calories. But I had a book, and we went through the supermarket and went through all of my favourite foods, and we started counting calories because he said we really need to cut your calories down. Now I was in pretty good condition. I was a, uh, I exercised every day, and I taught fifteen classes every week, and I ran every day. But uh, I had to reduce my body fat so that you could see my muscles. And that's the whole thing, isn't it? It's not about how big your muscles are if you're doing a natural competition. It's about removing the fat off the top of the muscles so you can actually see them. And that's the purpose of most competitions is that you can see your muscle definition. So I had to cut calories to get rid of the fat off my body so that you could see my muscles. So I started looking at how many calories there are in bread, cereal, pasta, uh, potatoes, all the things that I love to eat. And I had to cut my calories. And I realized that I couldn't be eating. It wasn't that I was scared of carbohydrate making me fat. I just realized that there were so many calories in carbohydrate. So in a very short period of time, and I'm going to say about three to four weeks, I went from zero emotional eating scale. So I ate logically, I ate what I love to eat and didn't think about calories or fat grams or or anything except eat what you love, to 10 on the emotional eating scale. So I went to the point where food was controlling my life. Everything I did every single day was about how many calories, how many fat grams, how many carbohydrate grams, am I getting enough protein, am I burning up enough calories I need to get my body into bodybuilding competition shape. Whew. I ended up hating my food. And I ended up in that position where I was looking at all food as an enemy and I had an, an argument with my food every time I was about to eat. Look, I really want to eat that. I'm starving, hungry. Um, I want to eat this. I can't have it. It's bad for me. I have to eat this instead. Uh, and I just ended up literally hating my food. Uh, I hated the way it made me feel because I've always been a positive, happy person with a headspace of full of happy chemicals. And because I was stressed and because I, I, was, I either felt guilty, if I, I ended up feeling guilty if I ate any food except for about two or three. And this is a fairly common thing uh, that, I, that other people have shared with me is you get to the point where there are safe foods and bad foods. So I can eat those because they're safe and everything else is bad. So I had two or three foods that were safe and I would stick to my, and I was cycling between 600 calories a day and 1200 calories a day. So for me at a base metabolic rate of about 3000, I was really, really <laughs> starving. 
Now, interestingly, I uh, got down to a very low body fat percentage and my, all my muscles started standing out and I looked bloody great in a bikini. So I competed. And it was interesting because I originally said I would go to a competition to watch very carefully the particular division that I was going to compete in. And, and then I would do the, I booked in to do the next competition. But I'm a bit of a, uh, um, I don't procrastinate and I'm a bit impatient. And it was a funny story. I said to K-Man, look, I'm supposed to be um, going to watch this competition tomorrow. I think I'll compete. And it was a super day Saturday evening. The competition was on Sparkle Day Sunday. On Sparkle Day Sunday morning, I had a professional corporate chat on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia, and I was talking to a whole heap of a whole heap of corporate people, doing literally doing a professional speaking gig. So I had uh, one night to get my routine ready. Now I'm very privileged because my husband is not only a sports strength and conditioning coach, but he's also a choreographer, and he creates beautiful routines for bodybuilding. And he really did create for me a beautiful routine. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was to the song Power of a Dream. It was choreographed beautifully. And I looked uh, as probably as best as I possibly could in a bikini. I had uh, a low body fat percentage. And for the division that I was in, I was probably in the, in the right physical condition. Except that I had this horrible relationship with food. And I want to share with you what happened. I drove up to the Sunshine Coast from the Gold Coast about two hours drive on the Super Sparkle Day Sunday morning. And I remember being really angry. I was hungry. Uh, and there was this war going on in my head. And of course, I ha you supposedly have to dehydrate. So I was thirsty. I was hungry. I had this funny tan on, so I, I couldn't wear the clothes that I wanted to wear. I certainly couldn't wear a white dress because my tan would get onto my clothes, so I had to wear a black dress. I went and did my corporate speak, and I was talking about health. I was literally talking to a, probably, I don't know, there might have been a thousand people in that room. It was at the Novotel on the Sunshine Coast. And I was talking about being healthy. And I was angry with myself on the way up there because I was hungry and annoyed that I couldn't eat. And when I was driving back to the, and I, my competition was in Brisbane. I was angry because with myself because I felt like I was lacking in integrity. Here's me talking about being healthy, being fit, being strong, having a stack of energy, vitality, and living your life to your ultimate uh, expression. And I felt like a fraud. I felt like a fake because I felt unhealthy. I felt sick. I felt uh, just horrible. I looked bloody good, though. Really interesting thing happened. I was almost at Brisbane and my phone rang and it was the organiser of the competition. It was the Queensland bodybuilding competition. It was the, oh, the state competition. And the organiser called me and said, Rowie, there was 15 people in your division today, 15 other women, or sorry, 14 other women. So there's 15 all up. We've had 14 cancellations today. You booked in yesterday to compete, but today we've had 14 women pull out. So what that meant was, and first of all, he said to me, do you still want to compete? And I said, are you serious? I'm ready. I've got a routine. I've got a bikini. I'm my tans on. I'm there. I'm almost there. I'm, I'm about to drive into the car park and compete. I just want to put, as, put that as a side note. There was 14 women that day who probably looked better than I did because they had much, like I, I did my routine overnight. So they had much longer to compare, uh, to prepare. They obviously had a, they, they knew that that was their competition day. I didn't know that. I just decided I was going to compete that day. But they woke up in the morning and looked at themselves in the mirror and decided that they didn't look good enough for, for competition. So they pulled out.
just an interesting thing to take note of because I use this all the time now as an example of sometimes all you've got to do is show up, which is exactly what I did. Uh, one of the things that I didn't know how to do, I had a bit of practice because came in and shared with me a little bit, but I didn't have any posing practice. I didn't know how to pose effectively for a bodybuilding competition, but I had a great routine. Well, ironically, (laughs) when I arrived at my competition, because there was nobody else in my division, I didn't have to do my flexing. I didn't have to pose because there was no one to pose against. If you've ever been to a competition, they'll line everybody up and everybody has to do, you know, front double bicep and back double bicep and side tricep and all of that stuff. And I hadn't learned, well, I I kind of knew that and I thought, well, I'm just going to have to wing it. Uh, But this is my first competition, I'll be fine. But what happened is I arrived, I uh, did a bit more of my tan, Uh, I didn't pump up, I didn't know about that. I went on, they played my, they introduced me. They played my music. I went up on stage. I did my routine. I remember thinking to myself while I was doing my routine, I'm really dizzy. I hope I don't pass out. I'm starving and dehydrated. Uh, And then my music finished and I put my arms in the air and I got my huge big trophy and I won the competition because there was nobody else there. So I share that with you because sometimes all you've got to do is show up to win because everybody else was... I don't know why they didn't go. And I'm sure that the 14 other women that were going to compete against me were in better shape than I was. But I I was there, so I won. Ha-ha! <laughs> I want to share with you two interesting things. When I arrived at the competition that day, uh, there's several divisions. And one of the divisions is big women who, who take steroids and human growth hormone, and they're very big women. And they, there was a group of them warming up when I arrived uh, in the in the warm up room, and they do bicep curls and tricep kickbacks and rubber bands and they push ups and they pump themselves up. And when I arrived, because I'm a positive, happy person, even though I was really challenged on the inside and I was angry with myself on the inside, I uh, I'm I would never ever let that show on the outside. That's just not who I am. So I walked into this competition. I said, hello, hi, everyone, how are you? And have a great competition. And I'm just going to share with you, this was the response I got from one woman in particular. She looked at me when I walked in the door and she said, fuck off, really angry. She was pumping up for her her stage routine. Interestingly, that particular woman, she won the competition. She came off stage and she apologised for the way she spoke to me. She said, I'm really sorry, I was just really hangry. I had never heard that expression before, which is hungry and angry at the same time, which I kind of understood because that's how I was feeling on the inside. Ironically, again, the competition was sponsored by Sarah Lee Cakes. Can you believe it? (laughs) They make really yummy chocolate cake, carrot cake, banana cake and muffins, and you'll often find them in the supermarket in uh, in the freezer section. Uh, they had a, this big table of all of those cakes out for everybody at the end of the competition because a lot of people, after they've competed, then binge eat. And there was literally hundreds of cakes. This woman came off stage, the one that had sworn at me, and she literally shoved carrot cake, banana cake, chocolate cake muffins into her mouth. I don't think she was really eating them. It was more like a shoveling into her mouth. Uh, she hadn't eaten a lot of food for a long time. Uh, and then sadly, uh, we were in the bathroom at the same time where she was throwing them all up. I did ask her, uh, how do you feel about your competition? She said, oh, I feel fantastic, I won. 
And I said, can you share with me what you did to prepare? Because she was in, she looked amazing. If you like that kind of thing, she really had uh, striated muscles and a very low body fat percentage and beautiful symmetry. And she, she looked amazing. She's a big, muscular, uh, striated woman. And she said that her safe foods were boiled chicken and broccoli. And that is all she had eaten for 12 months, boiled chicken and broccoli, boiled chicken and broccoli. And she said she even dropped the broccoli because it was carbohydrate and she felt unsafe eating carbohydrate. So she just ate boiled chicken. I felt, again, very, that whole experience, I'm sharing with you because it made me sad, and it won't be your experience, and every, everybody will have a different experience. I'm just sharing with you that as an exercise professional that day, I didn't feel like a professional. I didn't feel like I was a person who was helping my human race to be healthy, fit, and strong. And this this gorgeous woman who competed and was happy that she too had this big trophy was she was angry and I, there's no way that you can explain that dehydrating yourself and just eating boiled chicken could possibly be healthy. And, I, and I'll take that back. Is that advice that you would ever give somebody? Here's what I want you to do. Dehydrate yourself and just eat boiled chicken so that you can look good in a, in a bikini standing on stage having somebody else judge your body. The next part of the, this story is that, as I shared, it took me nearly two years about, I can't really remember, and even to this day, and this was a very long time ago, 2001 was my competition, uh, but in my headspace, I still know how many calories there are in an apple, in a piece of bread, in some pasta, and for a long time, an apple was, wasn't an apple anymore, it was 70 calories. Uh, that favorite meal was no longer my favorite meal. It was 400 calories. Uh, and all the things that I love to eat, like gelati and chocolate and biscuits and lollies and cake, all of that stuff was just, I felt, uh, if, if, even if I did eat it, which was very rare for a long time, I went a whole year without eating any, any, any chocolate or anything because I just felt so guilty eating it. But I wasn't happy. I was miserable and food was controlling my life. I was at this 10 where everything you do is about food and calories and fat grams and carbohydrate. So why am I sharing this with you? Because I don't want to do that to anybody else. And if somebody comes to me and says, I want to compete in a competition, body shaping, building, stand on stage in my in very little clothing, I'm looking for a way, and I know that there is a way now, and this is something I've studied very carefully. Can you get somebody ready for a competition, put them in peak physical condition, low body fat percent, make their muscles look beautiful without putting them through that horrible process of counting calories, counting fat grams, uh, macronutrient percentages, and, and screwing up their headspace when it comes to food? And of course, the answer is yes. And I'll give you another example I've got quite a few people in my life now who live their life like this. And, and because I'm an old lady, I'm not interested in, in bodybuilding competitions anymore. But there's a lot of people who live their life where they always say, I just want to be about three to four weeks out of competition. So they live, they literally live their life in a way that they're healthy, they're fit, they're strong. But if they could, if they wanted to, they could go and run a marathon, they could go and climb a mountain, they could go and compete in a bodybuilding competition, they could dance all night for 10 nights in Vegas. Uh, they could go to the beach every, when, if it was the middle of winter and they uh, skipped to the other side of the world. They could take their clothes off and look good in their bikini or their swimwear. They just live their life like that. Uh, if, if your goal is to have a body that's beautiful, could it be a really good idea to keep that body in peak physical condition all the time? Not this. 
And unfortunately, I'm sure you've seen, again, too many people where they compete in bodybuilding and then they just explode. I've seen people put on 10, even 20 kilos in a very short period of time after they've competed because they binge eat. I've had Mac students come to me and say, I don't even want to be an exercise professional anymore because I'm just so fanatical now about food and exercise after my competition that I just don't want to live like that. I just want to eat lollies and not feel guilty. And I had one lady in particular say that to me with tears pouring down her face. She said, Rowie, I just want to eat lollies and not feel guilty. I don't want to do that to anybody. How about you? So should we or do we have the responsibility that if somebody wants to compete on stage, that we get them there in a healthy headspace with a healthy eating plan, with a healthy exercise plan, so we don't screw up their headspace? Last but not least... Let's go back to the why. Why do you want to do this? And if we get somebody into the physical condition that they want to be in, how long do we want to keep them there? Why would we want to do that just for a competition, for five minutes for a photograph? Some people say that to me, oh, look, I just want the photos and then, I, then I'll go back to normal. Well, the challenge is, will you ever go back to normal? And what about when you're 40, 50, 60, 80, 100 years of age. Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be fit? Do you want to be strong? And most importantly, do you want to have a healthy relationship with food? Uh, I've just spoken to one of my other students who lives internationally from me who shared that she's she competed uh, about a year ago now. She's still counting calories, weighing her food, weighing herself every day, getting her body fat percent tested three to four times a week. She said, Rowie, I hate my life. I don't just hate that I that I know all this now about food. I just hate my life. I just wish I never did this. I don't want to do that to anybody. How about you? I want everybody to have a great relationship with food and a great relationship with exercise and to be healthy, fit and strong for the rest of their lives. So what about posture? What about headspace? What about bright eyes? Great skin, great nails, uh, healthy teeth, all the things that we need vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, antioxidants, and healthy food and healthy exercise. Interestingly, how do you get really fit and strong if you don't have the energy to exercise? And yes, of course, we can get people into great, the, into not just great shape, into peak physical condition with a healthy headspace and a healthy eating plan and a healthy exercise plan, and then maintain it for the rest of their life. And if you are the person who's telling people to count fat grams, count calories, weigh themselves, get their body fat tested, all of the things that um, are commonplace in the exercise industry, should we ask ourselves as a professional, what am I doing to my headspace? What am I doing to my client's headspace long-term? Will they be healthy? Will they be fit? Will they be strong mentally and physically for the rest of their lives? I don't want to be responsible for screwing up somebody's headspace. I screwed up my own headspace and I still have, you can't unlearn what you already know. So I've never been back to zero on the emotional eating scale because I'm always going to know how many calories there are in bread and pasta and, and cereal. However, I want to love my food and I want to love my exercise and I want to love my body. How about you?